welcome back to the Educating All Learners Alliance podcast. I'm Gabrielle here, and today I'm joined by one of ULO's founding partners, Center for Learner Equity. And so we have Lauren and Simone from their team, but we have a really exciting new resource from the center focused on ARP funding. So we know this is a really urgent and important topic for a lot of schools. And so we really just want to dive into this resource. So Welcome, Lauren and Simone, and could you just give us a quick intro into, you know, for those who aren't quite sure, what is ARP funding and just the basic info behind that? Sure. So the American Rescue Plan was passed into law in March of 2021 and provides an unprecedented level of investment in education. Specifically, it provides $3 billion for the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or IDA, and nearly 122 billion in generally flexible K through 12 funding. The release of funds to states began back in March and is currently working its way to districts. And I know a lot of superintendents specifically might not fully know exactly what they can use these funds for. So do you have any insight there? Yes, so the 3 billion specifically for IDEA is actually restricted to um, the statute requirements. But then on the other hand, you have this $122 billion bucket, 20% um, of which must address learning loss and the impact of COVID-19 um, has had on, the, on marginalized student groups, such as those with disabilities. And evidence-based interventions should be used to address the social, emotional, mental health and academic needs of students hit hardest by the pandemic. And then you have the remaining 80%, which is where much of the flexibility comes into play um, because this portion can be spent on a number of things such as educational technology, professional learning for educators and activities authorized under ESSA and IDEA. Now you have these two provisions called maintenance of effort and maintenance of equity that apply to these one-time allocations which essentially means that states and districts must continue to fund K through 12 education in upcoming years at at least the same levels as in previous years. State and district funds must be obligated for use by September 30th, 2024. I know that can be a lot if people you know, weren't expecting this. I say people as in school representatives, but just to dive into the center's resource. So this resource is called The Rising Tide That Lifts All Boats investing stimulus dollars with an equity focus. And so in this, I know that your team gives recommendations on how to spend the money to best serve students with disabilities. So could you share a few of those with us? Yeah, so this is this is Lauren. Um, <clears throat> before I talk through the recommendations, I actually want to circle back on something that you just said. Um, I think that educators, families, and even students themselves should have a voice in, in the policies and spending decisions at their schools. So we did try Definitely. and write these recommendations, yeah, in a way that was accessible for for everyone. So the guiding question that we used was this: What are creative programs and strategies that schools? can um, invest in to provide direct and immediate benefits to students with disabilities, their families, and the practitioners who work with them. Um, the recommendations fall into seven different categories. The first is knocking down internal barriers. And these recommendations um, are things like anticipating and eliminating procurement red tape and exploring waivers for things like hiring and staff certification. 
Next, we're looking at getting current on IEPs. These recommendations ask schools to address backlogs um, that may exist for the various meetings, evaluations, things that happen in special education um, that take a little bit of time, as well as preparing for uh, provision of compensatory services. Not unrelated, um, some of the next recommendations are assess and screen well and assess, or rather address trauma and social emotional learning. So here we're asking schools to um, look at the assessment tools they're using for cultural fit for their students, as well as how those assessment re results are being interpreted and used by IEP teams. Um, next, we're looking at engaging families as partners. So those recommendations are best summarized as invest in your families. The next set of recommendations is to provide rich learning opportunities, which we know is always the goal of schools. So two recommendations specifically in this bucket are um, really meeting the moment, which would first be how can you expand learning time and how can you extend eligibility um, for those students that are aging out of special education um, to see if you can provide maybe some additional uh, transition services if that's an option for your students. And then finally, um, the, uh, the last set of recommendations is anticipating the lingering uh, impacts of the pandemic. And, and really what we're seeing is that over the last year, schools were really forced to become more tech savvy than ever really quickly. So this set of recommendations is encouraging schools to consider investments in assistive technology for students, as well as investment in, in streamlining of ed tech solutions and operational systems for their school staff. Um, so the full report goes into a lot more detail, and it also includes links to resources to help turn these recommendations into action. So we definitely encourage everyone to take a look at the full report and its accompanying uh, infographic. And those can be found um, on our website at the centerforlearnerequity.org. Um, and so right now it's on the homepage as soon as you, you get there, but you can also search for ARP, which is that uh, American Rescue Plan, um, and find it that way. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing those. And so we definitely encourage people to check out that resource. Uh, but thank you both for joining us.